plans are worthless. But planning is everything. General and President Dwight Eisenhower's wisdom still rings true today. The Mutual Broadcasting System presents STRAT, Strategic Risk Assessment Talk. A forum with a preparedness mindset. Mitigating risks, creating systems of prevention and recovery to deal with potential threats. And understanding the objectives of a business continuity plan. This is the podcast for leaders who are committed to being prepared. Now, here are your hosts, retired Marine Intelligence Officer and globally recognized risk expert, Hal Kempfer, and investment banking executive, Mark Mansfield. Mark, we're going to talk about domestic infrastructure obstacles, opportunities. We're going to talk about some of the challenges that we've seen, uh, just phenomenal changes that have taken place in terms of of what's happened you know we look at east palestine a huge rail accident you look at the i-10 freeway which was something that happened uh in southern california where there was a fire uh possibly or it looks like arson, arson yeah. uh that that took out that major artery then you have all the issues with aircraft and need i talk about how things happening around the world with with oceans and maritime trade not the least of which is Houthi rebels swooping down with a helicopter on their ship wearing GoPros and carrying AK-47s. I don't know if the GoPros were really that intimidating, but the AK-47s <laughs> definitely were. And 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 literally hijacking a major car carrier. I mean, that was the most amazing maritime terrorism thing, which it could have been called piracy too, all right? But uh, uh, they didn't put the pirate flag up, but they, whatever you want to call it, it was just uh, amazing what's happening worldwide yeah so we're, we're going to focus uh the worldwide infrastructure that's a lot to uh a lot to address let's let's look a little bit here at home in our our fortress north america our culture i mean there's it's outside of our immediate control i would say i mean there's a we always encourage people to be prepared um and certainly to look at the scenarios and so forth and and even war game them and have the appropriate investment banking skill sets but what can you really do if the bridge around you is on the way to your office is is imploding or falling down that, that there's there's a recognition of that for example the american society of civil engineers have basically given um a c minus as the, our over our overarching infrastructure grade now why is that relevant well in terms of our people in terms of distributing goods in terms of our businesses and making uh, sound business decisions we need to be aware and be supportive that the money the massive amount of money that's coming into this sec- segment is reasonably well allocated you know money is also going to be with that much money there's going to be mistakes but you know it's interesting a lot of our infrastructure uh particularly transportation infrastructure like the uh, interstate freeway system a lot of our railroads uh, certainly our airports are, are legacy things that came out of the, the the 40s, 50s, 60s, into the 70s. And then we kind of sat on it and we exploited it during the 80s and 90s. And now, of course, it's all getting kind of old. Uh, and and we really have not put a lot of investment into a lot of different things. So I'll get away from the transportation. I'll just talk about some of the pipelines. It is amazing how many water systems and sewage systems under our major cities like New York and it's it's being addressed, but uh, have, we're really they're they're running through pipes that were over a century old. Yeah. It was stunning how old some of our infrastructure is. 
Yeah, the, and, and to that point, I mean, we've, again, we want to substantiate this with some uh, quantitative analysis here. Uh, 40%, uh, the GDP has fallen as a percent by 40% in terms of public investment in, in U.S. infrastructure. So to your, to your point, we're now ranked uh, 13th. We at one point, post-World War II, built up and we were, were, were number one. Any event, now what's happened is there's, and there's going to be some critical knock-on effects here, but let's, let's focus on the positive. We did, there is a 1.2 trillion infrastructure bill, okay, that's, that's out there. And it's going to be allocated as following. I'm going to give this back to you after I break it out. $500 million to the highways. $39 billion. Mm-hmm. Billion. Billion. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, to the highways. $39 billion to urban transit. A big portion of that going to Boston, Washington, Amtrak Corridor. $73 billion to electrical grids, which goes to one of our other points in terms of our, our renewables discussion. And then bro- broadband projects. Data is critical to the infrastructure. We often don't think of, we're talking about bridges and roads but we don't often think of the uh, the data grid. Well, we're a little bit behind on the data grid too. You know, 5G, then talking 6G, uh, where we're moving into these uh, advanced data streams. And it's, you know, the difference between, for example, 4G and 5G is night and day. But some of that gets into some of the other confrontations too, which was, you know, Huawei and China uh, were, were, were bleeding, leading innovators of that. And of course, that gets into the US-China yeah, you know, confrontation tour a little bit. Uh, you know, it's interesting. I was over in uh, Doha, Qatar, uh, not that long ago, and uh, landed at the airport. The airport's amazing, huge. All right, all that's new, re- very new uh, infrastructure got built. You get on these freeways and these roads, and you just don't drive through a city that big with these huge avenues, these huge freeways, everything else that's involved. And, it, and I have to tell you, you come back and then, you know, I landed LAX, which was the best of 1947 <laughs> thinking, I want to point out. And I'm getting on Southern California freeways and you couldn't have a more stark difference in terms of, of basic infrastructure and how, how dated and, and behind the U.S. is in that regard. Yeah. You know, there's, there's a number here that 617 thousand bridges in the u.s are considered are over 50 years old and and considered of, of that a significant subset is considered um not usable really so it's 42 percent what you and i have done here is break down the buckets into four for the for the tech impacts you know really and we can't underemphasize this there's the data there's connectivity there's going to be renewed automation and sustainability and sustainability you can drill it down i mean we're talking about recycled steel managed energy consumption, optimized algorithms. Again, the automation is critical for the asset monitoring and maintenance. It's now become an integrated system. It's not just a discussion about bridges and and airports. It's it's from soup to nuts. By the way, uh, I I want to point this out. And this is something that we learned nothing from the Cold War. Uh, The Soviet Union used to do this, uh, you know, economic planning by fiat, which is we're gonna do this stuff. And it was extremely inefficient. And the inefficient uh, infrastructure development of the 50s and 60s really started to show by the late 70s. And of course, in the 80s, their, their, their entire economy was so inefficient, so far behind the West, that they literally collapsed to their own inefficient inertia, if you will. And, and, and yet, when we talk about infrastructure development, public development, uh, some of the discussions I hear out of Capitol Hill and Washington, D.C., 
it's like, hey, it's got to be efficient. It's got to be thought through. It's got to be automated. It's got to be advanced. Don't sit there and talk about just rebuilding what we had before. Look to the future. Look to what's going to work. You know, use those market economics for what they're for. Don't just rebuild what we did in 1950. You need to build what we need in 2050. That's what we need to be focused on. So, so to that point, um, this isn't just a whiteboard discussion. I mean, there, there's real the realities that we have to discuss. And now let's 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 cut to the chase. There's an estimated 15 trillion dollar gap in in the availability of of capital needed to for meet the goals of the global infrastructure bill between now and 2040 okay that's huge what what can we do the private investment of let's say 100 billion a year is just a drop in the bucket when you're looking at that 15 trillion dollar gap so how do we attract private investment this is a big question i, I we're not going to answer it immediately on this on this podcast but the goal right now is to create an incentive system to attract private capital into these um, into these discussions, not just public centric central planning. To your point, you know what's interesting if if you want to look at a model of this, <coughs> this may not be a very imperfect model. You know who's kind of done some infrastructure investment, and you may say well, that's not really infrastructure investment. Tesla, and and Elon Musk, he thinks in big big ways in terms of infrastructure. He thinks in you know we, I mean we we you know if you go to Las Vegas for example, they have their uh, monorail or not the monorail, but their their um, you know their uh, their little rail system. Yeah, right, they, they, you know, it's a, like a monorail type system that goes through, and I mean it was kind of an interesting, innovative thing. It was a way to get around, you know, the strip and stuff, and get down to the convention center and and stuff. Well, that's all becoming dated. It's uh, it's coming up to its end of life, and so it's like, well, what do we do? Do we replace the ex- pre-existing system? They went a different direction. Tesla came in there with the Boring Company. I'm not saying Boring just because they're not that interesting to talk about, but they're the ones that do the tunneling stuff. Right, of course. Yeah. And um, they built these tunnels, and I and I worked with the convention center for years, and uh, so I got to see this thing happening, and I got to tour the tunnels and stuff with the Tesla cars, and it's going to become extremely efficient with the driverless Tesla cars that will soon be proliferating. But the plan is that they're going to bore their way down the strip and that these tesla cars uh probably driverless tesla cars will be going up and down these tunnels and it will provide a very different mass transit concept you know you know we we used to call it personalized rapid transit or personalized rapid um and uh it's a very interesting model but it is market driven yeah, we'll we'll see where that ends up. I, I was deeply involved in uh, Elon Musk's. Well, I don't want to say that in a weird way, but the Hyperloop project, and so that's had some starts and stops. And um, you know, my personal opinion on that is that we really have to triage some of these initiatives because look at this number I'm about to throw at you: private investment in social infrastructure declined um, in the U.S. from 19 billion in 2010 to just 3 billion in 2020. So. That, that, that's not a positive trend, obviously. So, you know, between the boring company, between Hyperloop, I, I think there's going to be projects that are in front of uh, in front of those. But we'll see. I'll, I'll give you something that I think is a, is a lot less glamorous is electrification of trains. Uh, Europe has gone electrified trains. They didn't always have electrified trains, but they went heavily into electrification of trains. We're electrifying train lines here in the U.S. Um, 
it's it's a more efficient model it has some drawbacks there are some maintenance issues that go with that it's not sexy i'm gonna tell you nobody gets excited like hey look they're laying eyesore lines above the tracks that's really nice no one gets excited about that but it's a really but it's a fascinating thing of what it's going to do and then of course another thing i want to point out is just rail lines across the board uh, I was up in uh, eastern Montana, uh, western North Dakota, up where the oil shell development was going on years back, and and it was fascinating to me. I'm, I'm over there for a completely different reason. I'm over there looking at, uh, this is different, it was violent extremism. And believe it or not, there are some extremists in eastern Montana and western North Dakota. Yeah, no, it's a shocker. I don't want to, yeah. But, um, but I was up there for something else. But it was fascinating. I was, I was touring around, I'm looking, and I go, huh. Those are brand new rail lines. And you remember all the Keystone Pipeline and pipeline issues and uh-huh. stuff. Well, they were moving oil by, by rail. But it was fascinating to see brand new rail lines, brand spanking new rail beds and rail lines going <laughs> in. And it's like, that's just something you didn't see. That was something that's as fascinating to me. And then you go, that probably works fairly well i mean east palestine they'd probably have a little different discussion on rails carrying dangerous flammable stuff through town but uh uh but i would say and i'm talking about east palestine ohio i'm not talking about palestine in the middle east okay that's a different issue but uh uh but i'm just saying that 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 is a, a fascinating where where that can go and what can be done so so that's an excellent setup and it, this just wasn't scripted that's so funny but the the where i was going to steer this with the execution drivers <clears throat> excuse me um what makes it acceptable is there's there's three real <clears throat> execution drivers one is build core capabilities all right i mean so we have to maintain so one thing at a time before we all go running all over the place maintain certain core values that the investors can recognize and appreciate relate to that goes to the point of attracting the private investment capital Two, <clears throat> excuse me optimize the existing assets i mean don't reinvent everything for the sake of inventing w- with emerging <clears throat> risks come selecting the wrong options or underestimating the substitution effects and implementation of the obstacles do it slowly do it incrementally but with 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 focus and main along, and again, our, our constant theme, maintain a forward long-term line of sight. So building incrementally, layering it on with a real plan of action. You know, with that, I think I'm going to just make a shameless plug here for wargaming. <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> you know, uh, strategic, uh, scenario-driven strategic planning, looking at where it is, looking at where we're going to be, uh, taking a more holistic view. Um, by the way, using your, your workforce dynamically, uh, across the board um that's you know that's one of those things by the way when you get your workforce this is one of the things and you and we can speak to this a little bit when you get your workforce looking at this in this in, in, in a strategic war gaming environment a strategic scenario driven planning environment when you have them playing something different than they do every single day you will you will make your entire organization smarter than they were before because you're forcing people to think outside of their comfort zone if you will to look at things in a more strategic environment and you know the famous louis pasteur saying chance favors the prepared mind well if you want them to make better decisions prepare their minds now that's what they will do and 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 when looking at infrastructure investments when looking at relying on infrastructure 
Uh, you know, I, I see this every time. There's a big storm. Sierra Nevada, every year, it's a given. Sometime, at some point, they're going to wipe out the freeways. You know, a storm will come in. Right, right. They ice up. They snow up. They wind up. They do something, all right? And you'll have all these trucks all backed up, and sometimes even the trains can't move. And and it's fascinating. You know, they say, oh, it was a huge disruption to the supply chain. Oh, my gosh. And I'm like, so your planning was that the freeway was going to stay open all the time, that weather was never going to happen, that it would never impact you. What was your planning process? And, and that's not an earthquake. You know, that's not, you know, something out of the blue that's you know that is something that happens every year right. yet you see these these uh, uh particular retail sector they act as if oh my gosh how could we have ever anticipated this i don't know farmer's almanac maybe <laughs> i'm not quite sure but you know you might want to look a little bit out of the box on that yeah it's, it's a human condition that we our, our our natural bias is to expect that things are, are not going to change so and, and not be directionally prepared as we keep saying I, I, we've only got a couple of minutes there's a couple of obstacles I, I i don't want to end on a down note i want to end on a very disciplined note that we we must be consider here Steel costs are way up, almost by 150%. So okay. we don't have time or, or a margin, or room to maneuver to make uh, bad mistakes. It's reported that 92% of the projects worldwide are, are, are don't finish on schedule and certainly are way over budget. So we've got to get out of this fantasy. I mean, there was a famous saying with um, Willie Brown, uh, the old mayor of San Francisco, mm-hmm. one of your favorite cities, used to say... Um, you know, basically, the first payment is the the budget is just a first down payment. We all know that it's it's that's you know once you get started, there there's no going back. So don't you know, ask forgiveness, not permission, is is where we're going. Well, I have to tell you, you're in California with high speed rail that was supposed to be this big change. Uh, that has been proven over and over again. You know, they've they've spent that money, and they've got nothing. In fact, they got a quarter that goes between I think Northern Kern County, somewhere around McFarland and Merced. Oh, there's a heavily trafficked corridor that we need to address, you know, um, and uh, and and it just it goes nowhere. And and the planning has got to be done better. We can't. And I got to tell you that this gets into public confidence in supporting these projects when they see these things going so far askew in terms of what was projected. Um, they they lose confidence. Now we'll tell you there have been some big projects, major projects that have actually come in under budget, and that is the sort of thing I like to see. Yeah, but And that goes directly to the point, though, of why we're having trouble attracting private capital. Okay, the, the private investors don't want to put up with these shenanigans. So whether it's too many archaeological surveys, uh, runaway labor costs, contractors that are, you know, out navigating or out maneuvering some of the uh, the, the government agencies in terms of how, the, the, how they're structuring it, it's not going to win. With that, as we said, we've got a $15 trillion gap that we need to plug and we need to attract the best and brightest and we need to get that private capital in there. And we got to do it here. And by the way, this is so essential to everything we talk about Fortress North America. We have got to develop our domestic our domestic infrastructure. And we have to do it realistically. We have to do it efficiently. We have to do it cost effectively. And we can't keep doing these projects like we've been doing in the past. And and frankly, you know, if we if we did if we built the internet interstate freeway system today all right with the same way that we do things if we tried to do that back in the 50s under eisenhower we'd have never built it all right (laughs) so this has been a great chat hal i mean you can see we're very passionate about this uh in particular about building 
a private public uh, championship here to, for, for the benefit of all. Great discussion. Thanks, Mark. Okay. Strat, Strategic Risk Assessment Talk with Hal Kemper and Mark Mansfield. Podcast weekly from the Mutual Broadcasting System. We'll be right back.